The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Good morning, church. My name is Anod, for those of you who um, don't know me. Um, and it's a privilege to, to share um, with you. Um, from, from God's Word this morning. Um, if you're new with us, I um, want to send a, a warm welcome, whether it's the first time you're worshipping with um, people from PCC um, or the first time you're, you're engaging with PCC at all. Um, it's it's um, a wonderful occasion. It's awesome to, to be here. Um, we're going through a series um, entitled The God You're Looking For. And we've been looking at different characteristics of who God is um, and why that's good news. And this morning, we're going to be sitting in Psalm, um, Psalm 91. Um, so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to, to open that up and have a look at it. And we're going to be looking at this, this idea of God being our refuge. Now, I wonder what comes to mind when you hear that word. What comes to mind when you hear the word refuge? Perhaps uh, for many of us, it's an idea of shelter. We've heard um, terrible stories of uh, people fleeing from, um, you know, t- uh, abusive homes to women's shelters or, or shelters for children who've been abused. Um, or maybe um, it's to do with refugees. We, we hear a lot about that, people fleeing from difficult countries uh, with a lot of oppression and, and hardship, and they come to a, a new country looking for a, a better life and a new life. I wonder what comes to mind when you think about it. Maybe it's a little bit less serious and maybe you're thinking about the sun, um, and you desperately want refuge from this sun sometimes. You're chasing that shadow to stay in the shelter of the gazebos. Whatever it is, this morning we're, we're going to look at um, this passage and it's going to talk and show us um, that God is our refuge. Um, and we're going to look at what that means and why that's good news. So if you have your Bibles, please um, open them up, Psalm 91. Um, and we'll be reading all uh, 16 verses. This is what it says. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest In the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample on the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This morning, we're going to look at four things. Um, I know usually it's three, but we can go with four today. Um, and the four things are this. First, we're going to look at the need for a refuge. What is it that we're actually, um, what is it about a refuge that makes us need it? Or who is it that needs a refuge? Secondly, we're going to look at um, the safety of the refuge. What, what does this refuge, what's the promise of safety that this refuge has? 
Thirdly, we'll look at seeking the refuge. How do we actually go about um, seeking the refuge in God? And then finally, trusting the refuge. How can we trust in the refuge? So our need, uh, the safety of a refuge, um, seeking the refuge and trusting in the refuge. Let me pray and then we'll, um, we'll dive straight into it. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to meet together. We thank you, Lord, that um, we can come and gather, um, albeit socially distant, Lord, and spend time looking at your word. And I pray, um, Lord God, that as we do so, as we um, look at this psalm, that you'd help us to, to have open hearts um, and to see the beauty of what it means for you to be our refuge. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the first thing we're looking at is the need for a refuge. And the first thing we see in our passage is the psalmist um, outlines or he highlights a couple of different um, types of needs or a couple of different things that makes us in need of a refuge. Um, And I've categorized them in in two ways. There's the external and there's the internal. Um, If you look at what what he says in in verse, um, verse, in places like verse 3, he says, Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from deadly pestilence. Verse 5, he says, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. So first, the external, there's a couple of things in there. The psalmist, maybe it was was literal, um, or maybe he's talking a bit more broadly speaking, but there's literal things that pose physical danger for him. The arrows that fly by day. Um, or the fowler's snare. The fowler was a, um, a person who hunted animals and they would often set up traps um, so that the prey would get captured in there and through that, that's how they would get their prey. So these are things that physically endangered the psalmist or, or people at that time. But there's also internal. He talks about pestilence um, in the night or, or the plague that, that comes about by, by midday. And how timely is that in our current circumstance when we're living in the middle of a pandemic where sickness is, on, um, is, is, is a big fear for many of us. Um, and many of us live in, in, a, in a space where we're worried maybe about the sicknesses that may come. Or maybe there's ailments in our bodies that make us feel tired and weary. And we, we feel that need to, to want to, to find a place of refuge. In, um, in Australia, maybe not many of us feel the sense of physical danger. We're not running for our literal lives. But maybe internally, emotionally, mentally, many of us have these things that make us crave a, a refuge. Um, I'll share a story for, for myself. I was tossing up whether to share it or not, but I will. Um, as many of you guys know, I, I love being out and about. I love being out with people. Um, I love being out with my friends, kicking a ball around, things like that. Um, and so when COVID hit, it was really hard. Um, I, to be honest, I, I hated being locked up in my room. I went from spending 14 hours a day out of the house and not seeing my family all week to spending 14 hours in my room, Right. Um, and at that time, it was, it was difficult because for me, I, I felt like I was losing a lot of the things that I had comfort in. I was losing friendships. I was losing a sense of autonomy. I was losing the, 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 the sports that I enjoyed playing, the freedom that I had. I was losing all of these things, and it was, it was chaotic. It felt like life was chaotic. I turned the news on because I like watching the news, and it'd be full of messages of how many numbers of, of COVID cases we now have or how many people have passed away because of this virus or how... Um, there's, there's so much tension around the world and everywhere it looked, it just felt like, oh, there was, there was so much chaos going around. And what I realized, I didn't realize at that time, but I did what I think many of us do. And I, I sought somewhere where I would feel safe. I sought a place of refuge. And um, unfortunately, that place of refuge wasn't God. It wasn't in Christian community or either. That place was work. 
I, I, I'm the only one in my my family for, for the most part where we've been going into the office um, throughout most of this um, this period. And I used to love, and I still do, going into the office because as soon as I step into the into those doors, it just felt like everything was a distant memory. Because when I'm at work, I'm with my colleagues, I'm doing things I'm doing, it, it felt normal, it felt safe, it felt like a place of refuge. So much so that when I would go out to buy lunch, I would forget that there was a pandemic going on. I was like, why is there no one here? And I'd realize, oh, yeah, there's still stuff going on in the world. But work for me felt like a place of safety. It felt like emotionally, mentally, I was safe in that place because I enjoyed it and also I was free from the, the fears and the chaos that was seemingly going around. So much so that on a Friday afternoon, the one thing I was looking forward to was Monday morning, believe it or not. Those of us who, who, who work, you know how crazy that sounds. Everyone looks forward to the weekend, but I was looking forward to Monday morning because that was, if I could make it through the weekend, then I was back to a sense of normality on Monday. I was doing what many of us did and that was I was seeking a place of refuge. And this morning, maybe, maybe you're here this morning as well and you're in a similar place. Maybe there's things going on in your life you're in, a, in, a, in a season where you feel like things are just chaotic and you just desperately want for a place where you can just sit and rest, where you don't have to be in fear, you don't have to worry or be anxious. Maybe it's a, it is a financial concern. A lot of people have lost uh, work, whether it be hours of work or lost their jobs altogether. Um, Many people have um, had clients who, who no longer attend and so business is down. And so maybe you're, you're in that space and you've been in that season for a period of time where you don't have work and you're going, how am I going to pay these bills? Or how am I going to meet the needs that I need to, to meet financially? And you're sitting there and you're worried and you're in fear and it feels like it's a perpetual anxiety that, that just continues to overwhelm your heart. Or maybe for you, there's a, there's a deep guilt issue. It could be due to do with sin. Maybe it's something that you've done to someone. You feel really guilty. Maybe someone close to you is, you know, walking away from the faith and you kind of feel like, oh, if, if only I had done more, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Whatever it may be, you feel that sense of guilt and it doesn't go away. And you just, you crave a place where you can just be at peace and be at rest, but it doesn't seem to, to come. Or maybe you're in the, the midst of a deep emotional pain right now. Maybe whether it be COVID or otherwise, you've been in a season where you've lost a lot of people. Maybe not literally, but maybe friendships have been broken. Maybe there's been betrayal. Maybe there's been hurt. Maybe there's been people who've let you down and you just, you just desperately want to get to a place where you can just be at peace. And it might not be healed, maybe it will be, but you just want to be at peace. You don't want to be in the midst of that storm. You can insert your, 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 your situation, your experience here, but the reality I think for many of us is that we feel innately a desire for that place of safety and rest, that place where the, 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 the foulest snares and the, and the pestilence of life doesn't come and touch us anymore. We're looking for that place of shelter, of protection, of safety, and we're wondering where can I get it because everything I seem to go after doesn't seem to work. One author put it this way. He says, who needs a city of refuge? Oppressed people, weary people, fearful people, grieving people, worried people, disappointed people, lonely people, heartbroken people, people who are being unfairly attacked. Friends, many of us, maybe many of you are feeling that need this morning. And if you're not, maybe in the next couple of days or weeks or months or years, you'll get to a season where you feel that need. And so when we feel that need, the question that we ask is then, well, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we meet that need that, that, and pursue that shelter and that refuge that we so desire? 
Which brings us to um, our second point this morning, the safety of the refuge. Psalm 91 gives us an insight or an understanding of, of what amazing promise there is for us as believers. We're told in, in, in verse 2 that God himself is our refuge. Now, um, if we just pause on that for a moment, just to understand again the context of what the psalmist is speaking to. In, in the Old Testament, cities of refuge were something that God had, um, had created for his people. And what they were was, um, if, if you can imagine the scene, right, two, two young boys playing on the rooftop um, and they're mucking around, they accidentally knock their, their mother's flower pot off the sill. And it falls down and someone who's walking by gets hit on the head and they die. In those times, what would have happened was the, the victim's family would appoint a, a blood avenger to go and pursue these boys and avenge the death of that person, even though it was an accident. And so in the, in the Old Testament, what God created were these cities of refuge where these boys could flee to and they could come before the elders of the city, tell them what had happened, and then the elders would then welcome them in and give them a place to, to, to live and to eat and to have a life and they'd be safe in that city. And the psalmist picks up on that language and he says in verse 2 that God himself is our refuge. And we see in verse 4, the psalmist goes on to explain a little bit more about what that looks like exactly. Listen to verse 4. He says, he, that is God, will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. The image coming forth here is one of, of covering one of shelter, one of protection. Imagine like a mother hen who, who protects her, her little baby chicks when there's a predator around under her wing so that if something happens, she cops the brunt. She's the substitute, not the, the little babies. Or those old war movies where the soldiers would create a, a shield barricade all around them and whoever was underneath that shield barricade was safe from the, the fiery arrows that were flying around. That's the, the imagery that the psalmist is bringing forth about what it means for God to be our refuge. In essence, the psalmist is saying, he's saying, come on, you know, there's, there's, there's protection to be found in God. There's safety, there's shelter to be found in him. So that when the fiery hours, arrows of financial stress or emotional and, and relational hurt or when the fear of the future is, is flying all around or when it feels like the enemy is winning, when we're in that space, the, the promise of the, of, of the, the psalm is that God will be our shelter and our protection, our covering blanket as it were. I'll illustrate it this way and, and maybe some of the parents you guys might know from your kids or maybe you guys can remember when you were young kids, there was something that was a sense of safety being under the blankets in your bed at night, right? Imagine, right, if you can remember when you were a kid, right, you might be the last to go to sleep um, and, like, you have to turn the lights off. And I hated doing that. That was terrible, terrifying, right? But no one just turns the lights off and then walks into their bed and gets into their bed, right? Particularly when you're young and you're afraid of the dark, you, you, you get as far away from the light as you can but still having your finger on it and you touch it and then you run, right? You run and you jump into bed and you get under the blanket. Lewis says he still does that. <laughs> Right? There's, a, there's a sense of safety under the blanket. So as a child, you felt like once you were under that blanket, even if there was a monster under your bed or in your closet, they would not be able to touch you. That split second where you were between the lights and the, and the, um, the bed, that was a, a dangerous time. But once you were under the blanket, you felt a sense of safety. You felt a sense of covering or protection. That's the same idea that's coming forth when we see in this passage, that God himself is going to, is, if, if I can use the language, our, our covering blanket. He's our safety, our protection, our, um, uh, the one who, who covers us and is our refuge in the midst of all the chaos that's happening in our world. 
So that's our, our second point this morning, that God promises that he is our refuge. He is our covering blanket. He's our shelter, our protection um, in the midst of this life. Through all the tough trials and sufferings that may come throughout our lives, he promises to be the, the shelter in the midst of the storm. Which then leads us to our third point. Well, then how do we seek that? What, what does it mean? Well, what's the heart of a, of a person who seeks the Lord as his refuge? Because we know that, yeah, okay, I feel a sense of need. And I know that this is true about God, but how do I get there? How, what's the, what's the, the map to that city of refuge, as it were? And the psalmist says, um, give us a, a very clear indication in verse 9. Listen to verse 9. He says, if you say, the Lord is my refuge and make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. What does that mean? Well, firstly, I, I don't think it means, I don't think the psalmist is saying that if you, if you verbalize mere utterances, it's going to be some sort of magic trick where we say these words and all of a sudden we're, we're free. I don't think he's saying that. What he's getting at is the heart posture. The, the, the person who seeks God is refuge. What, what he does is he says that the Lord my God, Yahweh, the, the triune God who made all of creation, that God and he alone is the one person I'm going to look to for my safety. He's the one person that I'm going to pursue for my protection. Just think for a moment how countercultural that kind of heart posture really is. We live in a, a society which tells us that we should and, and can pursue so many different things. And all of these things, when we get them, then we'll find the safety and the hope and protection that we need. Maybe for some of us who, who are younger and we're starting out on our study or our, our new careers, there's, a, there's a, um, a subconscious promise that, you know, if we get a good job and earn enough money and save enough that when the storms of life come, we'll, we'll be okay because we have enough money in our bank to support us and protect us. Or maybe... For, for others, others of us, it's a relational thing. And we think that, you know, if I can just find that right person, the right guy or girl, and get married and have my own family, then I'll be okay. Then all the fears and worries that I have will be all right because I'll be united to that, that husband or wife and I'll be okay. Or maybe for some of us, it's, it's politics. And we think to ourselves, if I can just have, if we just had that one person or that political party in power who believes the same things that I do and has the same worldview that I do, if only they were in power, then we'll all be safe. All of the, the world's issues and all the things that I'm worried about in my society, they will all go because we have this one person or this group of people in power. There's various things that we're, we're told to pursue um, and, and, and seek our safety and our refuge in. But the psalmist is telling us this morning that, all of that is, is pointless. It's not, it's, it's not going to bring the safety and the refuge that our hearts desperately desire. Now, is it bad to be a good steward of our finances so we can cover a rainy day? No. Is it bad to, to want to get married? No. Is it bad to want um, a government that reflects um, the, the desires or how we want to see society go? No. But what the psalmist is saying is that if any of those things are ultimate, if any of those things are the number one thing where you put your hope and trust in for safety and protection in the midst of a chaotic world, you're going to be bitterly disappointed. And he says to us that what we should be doing, what, what, what's, what's, what's more amazing and what the, the promise of this, this passage shows is that we have a God that will never fail. We have a God that we can put our hope for safety and a refuge in that will never let us down. And he gives us some amazing promises of what's going to happen when we do that. Listen to verse 14, and 16, 14 to 16. 
He says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Do you feel the weight of how amazing that promise is? That when we are people that on a heart level say, you know what, I'm going to abandon all else. I'm not going to pursue these other things as my source of ultimate safety and hope and refuge. And I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to make the Lord my refuge. The promise is that God will protect us. God will be with us in the midst of that trouble. He will, he will be with us. He's not going to stand at a distance and, and just watch us um, without a care in the world. He's going to be with us in the trouble. He will deliver us. And so it's not saying either that, you know, there won't be any trouble or there won't be any difficulties. What it's saying is that even when that happens, even when the storms of life come, the psalmist says it won't overtake you. When you're in the midst of the trouble, God will be with you in the trouble. That's the the beauty of the promise of what it means to make God our refuge. Friends, that's that's an amazing truth this morning, that when we feel that need, when we're feeling that hurt or that fear, um, of what's happening in our world or what's coming, we can run to a God who, who will shelter us, will cover us like a blanket. Um, and, and he promises to deliver and to protect us from um, the things of the world so that it won't overtake us. It won't um, ultimately defeat us. It won't ultimately separate us. But then the question, um, as we come towards an end, the question that kind of comes to my mind and maybe to, to yours is, well, how do we know? How can we, how can we trust that this refuge, which sounds so great, will be any different to anything else? Maybe you're sitting here this morning and maybe you're in this, the spot where uh, many of us have been, including myself, where we've been chasing something and it's just, it's just disappeared in our hands. And the thing that we put our hope in for months or years, whatever it may be, as being the silver bullet in our lives, it's, it's just crumbled in our hands. It sounded so amazing and it's, now it's gone. How do we know that this refuge that Psalm 91 is talking about, how do we know, how can we trust that it's not going to be like those ones? How can we trust that it's going to be different in any way? Which brings us to our our, our fourth and and final point this morning, trusting in our refuge. And And I want us to look at the last couple of verses. Now, I know about you, but when I read those, those last few verses with the promises, it sounded amazing, the, the thought of protection and safety and covering. That is awesome. But it starts with a really interesting phrase. It says, because he loves me, says the Lord, and then he goes on to list the, um, the, the promises. And it got me thinking, you know, I, I love God. I, I really believe I do, but I still sin. I still rebel. I still chase after other things instead of God and put my hope in that. I, I chased after work and put my hope in that. I, I don't love God perfectly. So what does that mean? Is, is the psalmist saying that I have to get it right? I have to get my love for God right and make sure I'm perfect at that and then the promises will happen? I, I don't think so. Friends, the reality is that myself and every single one of us, none of us here love God perfectly. No one in this city, in this country, um, in, in, in our world, no one loves God as they ought to. But the good news this morning, friends, and the, and the reason why we can trust is because there was one person who did. There was one person, a couple of thousand years after this psalm was written, Jesus Christ, he, he left the safety and the comforts of heaven. And he came to this, this sin-soaked earth. He came to this earth which was filled with suffering and pain. And he wasn't sheltered from it. He wasn't cut off from it. The Bible tells us that this God who left the safety of heaven came to earth to be a man of suffering. 
a man of suffering, someone who was acquainted fully with our experience, with that, with all the pain and the suffering that we experienced. He experienced emotional hurt. He experienced betrayal. He experienced the 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 grief of losing someone close to him. He was someone who was fully acquainted with that hurt, that loneliness, that sense of loss, all that pain and suffering. He was fully acquainted with it. He was a man of suffering. And through all of what he went, the beautiful and the most amazing truth is that in all of those things, he was the only person that continued to love God as he ought to. He was the only one that perfectly loved the Lord even in the midst of the trials and the, and the suffering. And so if there was anyone that was worthy of receiving the promises of this psalm, it was Jesus, because he was the only one that perfectly loved God as he ought. And so he deserved to have these promises become true of him. But what do we see? In the Garden of Gethsemane, when, when Jesus felt the weight of what was about to happen, he was on his knees praying. He says, Father, if, it, if it's your will, take this cup from me but not my will, but yours be done. And what happened? The cup wasn't taken. Jesus had to continue on that road of suffering, and that road led him to a cross. And on that cross, Jesus bore the weight of our sin, the weight of our failure to love, our guilt, all of our um, shame and, and our wrongdoings. He bore all of that on that cross. And on that cross, he called on the name of the Lord. He said, my God, my God. And he said, why have you forsaken me? See, the one person who deserved to be delivered was ultimately forsaken on that cross. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ, who was the only person to, to love God perfectly, got the opposite of what he deserved. He got the opposite of what the psalm seems to promise. Rather than being rescued, he was forsaken. Rather than being protected, he felt the full wrath, the full force of the wrath of God in judgment of sin. When he called on God, he received silence. He was not delivered from trouble. See, Jesus took what we deserved. He was, he was cast out from that city of refuge. He was not um, sheltered from, from, from the ultimate um, suffering he was he died outside the camp as it were outside of the place of safety so that we as as even though we're sinful if we're in him we can now have the hope that we can we will always be welcomed in he was forsaken so that we could could know and we could trust that when we seek this refuge we won't be put to shame when the psalmist talks about being um, the, the promise of, of being granted long-lasting life, we see that for us to get that long-lasting life, Jesus had to lose his. For salvation to be shown to us, Jesus had to be that salvation. Friends, this morning, sometimes it can be hard. It can be hard to feel like we, we can and whether we should trust in this God and, and pursue him as our refuge. But the, the good news of the gospel is that because Jesus fulfilled ultimately this psalm, because he loved perfectly, because he was faithful without wavering unto God, we who are in him can experience that protection in the midst of the, the, the chaos of our world. And so, friends, to the degree that we understand this, the degree that, that we let this sit in our hearts, that the beauty of what Christ has already done and how through him we have this promise of an eternal uh, uh, refuge in God. When that truth becomes deeper and deeper in our hearts, that's how we then grow to trust 
that this God is really is the God that we're looking for. He is the refuge that will never crumble in our hands. And so I want to invite us to, to, to bow our heads and spend some time just reflecting in these last few moments. Maybe this morning you are sitting here and you're going, uh, you're in a tough spot. Maybe you're feeling the weight of what's been happening in the world or in your, your own life and you're hearing this and, and, and you, you feel like, yeah, you know, I, I want that to be true, but it's hard. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're not a believer and, and you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm chasing something, but I don't know what it is, but maybe this is, is, is stirring your heart in some way. Whatever it is, friends, I want to encourage you to come before God this morning, to lay your heart before God. Friends, there's, there's coming an amazing time where we will not need to run any longer. A time where because of what Christ has done, we will be welcomed into the eternal refuge. Where for once and for all, for all eternity, we will be safe from any flying arrow, any deadly pestilence or plague, anything that, that can harm us. We will be safe in the, in the presence and in the arms of our God for all eternity. That's the beauty of the Christian life. That's the end goal, the end hope. But friends, up until that point, as we continue to wait for that time and that day, I want to encourage you all. Meditate on the beauty of God being our refuge, the promised hope that he is the one that ultimately will shelter us, will protect us. He's ultimately gone before and protected us from the, the greatest danger that there ever was to us, and that was the wrath of God in judgment of our sin. He's already done all of that, and the promise this morning is that when we, when we cling to him and make him our refuge, we won't be put to shame. We won't be let down. He is our shelter. He is our protector. He's our covering blanket. He truly is the God that we ultimately need. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you, um, Lord, for this truth. Thank you, Father, for, um, Lord God, the, the privilege, the undeserved privilege that we have to run to you, to, to, to seek you in the midst of the chaos and the storm. Lord God, we don't deserve it because, Lord God, we don't, we don't love you perfectly. We don't obey you perfectly. We don't even chase after you as our refuge perfectly. But we thank you, Lord, that because of what Christ has done and because we are in him, we have this hope that will not put us to shame, that we can run to you in the midst of no matter what's happening, whether it be a fear of the future, an anxiety, a hurt, a pain, um, a physical um, struggle of some sort, in the midst of whatever's going on, whatever's beating us down, we thank you that we have this privilege of going to you. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, that, Lord God, you would, you would enamor our hearts, you will engage our hearts, you will beautify yourself in our hearts. So Lord God, we would not only pursue you because we were told that it's the right thing to do, but our hearts would so desire it above all things. Father, I pray that you give us the, 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 um, the insight and the, the humility to repent of all the other things we sought our refuge in, whether it be money, work, friendships and relationships, family, um, possessions, whatever it may be. Lord, I pray, help us to be repent, repentful of that, to, to, to lay that again before you. And Lord, I pray that you, you would lift any, any downtrodden heart this morning, any discouraged heart, anyone who feels like pursuing a refuge is pointless, I pray that you would lift their heads. I pray you lift our heads. And help us to pursue you, to run to you, to run into your arms, Lord God, to run to our Father, the one who will never let us down, who will always shelter us within the, the covering of his wings, that even when trial and hardship does come, it will not overtake us. You will be with us in the midst of that trouble. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a, a, a desire and a, and a consciousness of the eternal hope that we have, that one day the running will be no more, the tears will be no more, the fear will be no more, the, the pain, the hurt, everything will be no more. 
and there will be a time where we will just be in your presence and, and this will be a distant memory because we're just enjoying your presence and your safety and your shelter for all eternity. And Lord, I pray that in the midst of the chaos and the storm, that this will be an anchor for our souls, that this is our eternal hope, that even in this life, if we don't get what we want, if the healing doesn't come in the physical or whatever may happen, I pray that this will be the anchor for our souls, that there is coming a time where we will spend eternity with you, free of all the fear, the, the pain and the, and the discouragement. Father, I pray that you'd help us to, in the interim, until that time, continue to pursue you as our refuge and our shelter. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church Podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.